Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skulking Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullward. I am your host and happy to be with you tonight. Uh, this is uh, uh, our usual Sunday night, getting posted late Sunday, early Monday morning, uh, Kings and Stings episode where we go over the best and worst performances of Sunday. We don't have a Thursday game to throw in here, um, so it's all Sunday games. Uh, and then we will do a little bit of a preview of the Monday night game. All right, Monday Night Games, since there are two of them this week. Uh, we'll go over some of the injury news, and uh, and then that'll be it. I hope you guys enjoy the show tonight. I'm um, really looking forward to uh, to this one. Um, it was definitely an interesting week in fantasy for me. I, uh, I actually... One of the problems for me playing on multiple platforms, because um, I have two leagues on Sleeper and three on Yahoo... And me personally, I prefer Yahoo. I like the way that the I, I've always enjoyed the setup. I always like the way it's it's worked out. Um, I prefer it to Sleeper. Problem is, the two leagues for Sleeper are our 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 listener league and the Skulking Staff League. And so I am in danger of losing the Skulking Staff League because I had two people. I forgot to check it. It didn't help that we didn't have a Thursday game. But forgot to check it this morning and still had, you know, a couple guys in the lineup that were last minute declared out. So I hope you guys haven't ever had to deal with that. Uh, for me, especially on a Sunday morning when I'm doing a live stream on Facebook, um, you know, trying to make sure all my set, all, all my rankings are set exactly how I want, uh, you know, because, you know, I submit them to, to Fantasy Pros for the expert consensus. So I get graded on my rankings and, and how and how accurate they are. Doing all that and then also making sure that all my lineups are set. It's it can, <laughs> it can be a little bit of a busy Sunday morning. So, um, so yeah. So I hope you guys haven't had to deal with any of that. Um, definitely had some stinkers today. Had some some good performances from others, and so we'll definitely be talking about those. So why don't we go ahead and hop into today's headlines? <laughs> Today's headlines. And the headlines are brought to us by the Sleeper app. Um, again, one of the best apps you can have for, especially for Dynasty Leagues, for the way of all the, the multiple ways you can set up Dynasty Leagues with your drafts, um, different settings with trades and everything. Um, and as well as the fact that you get so many alerts from Sleeper. They, they do a very good job of keeping up with, with Twitter and and other platforms for news in terms of players um 
even if you don't set up a league on Twitter, get the Sleeper app just for the notifications. It is worth it, trust me. So, um, so yeah, so starting it off, number one, Miles Sanders is set for an MRI Monday on his knee, I believe it was. Um, yes, it was on his knee. I believe what happened is it actually, he actually injured his knee on the carry where he went, was like 74 yards, gets tackled from behind, um, and then ended up fumbling, and the person that picked it up, uh, ooh, I think it was J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, contributed a little bit um, by <laughs> recovering it in the end zone. So we will have to see what happens with Miles Sanders uh, tomorrow. Wait to see what, what they say with the MRI. He was downgraded out about in the se- uh, early in the second half. So that Philadelphia Eagles offense has taken an absolute beating in terms of injuries. So... Um, again, we'll, we'll see what Carson Wentz can do with it next week. Uh, story number two, the Steelers lose Devin Bush to a torn ACL. Uh, Devin Bush, uh, was, uh, just a, a freak in terms of what he was able to do for that defense to really help that defense. Um, you know, with pressure on the quarterback, uh, ability to stop the run really been had, having a, a very good season. And so that's a that's a tough loss for their defense. However, I do believe that that the talent on this defense um, makes them a very very complete team. So it's it'll definitely be interesting to see um, how this team continues to carry on throughout the year. But uh, um, the definitely a, a big blow to the Steelers defense. Story number three: uh, injuries to tight ends. Uh, Jonu Smith went out in the first half after one catch. Um, which led the way to our number one, uh, a number one tight end uh, king for this week, um, and then uh, Zach Ertz played through the injury, had ten targets, tied I believe with Travis Fulgham for ten targets on the on the team for the day, um, only four catches. The problem is I don't think that Ertz is going to practice the rest of the week because they have a Thursday game this week, so. Um, definitely something to watch out. It does not help that they have, um, Dallas Goddard on IR. I'm not sure. I'd have to actually look to see when, um, when Dallas Goddard is set to come back. Um, so Goddard is eligible to return in week seven. Um, as well as Jalen Rieger, so that should help out the uh, should help out the uh, the offense a little bit. Um, I'm looking to see if it says anything about his health as of right now. Both edges will come off. Okay, so they're eligible. We're just not sure if they actually will come off the injured list. So um, de- again, something to watch to see what happens there. Um, Ertz. Uh, they may be going to a third-string tight end. Um, I believe Richard Rodgers is their other tight end at this point. So something to look at for this next week. Um, a couple other little things. Uh, Raheem Mostert re-injured his ankle this week um, in the Sunday night football game uh, in the San Francisco 49ers win over the Rams, which I was happy about as a Seahawks fan because the Seahawks are 5-0 and and the close team to them is is two games behind. So, uh, big help for the Seahawks tonight. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield was pulled due to injury uh, in this game against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They brought in Case Keenum. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has said that if he is healthy, um, Mayfield will be the starter next week. So that's the the only he's not getting benched. The only thing to worry about with with uh, Baker Mayfield is whether or not he's actually going to be healthy. And Bronco and the, the other thing that came out this morning, Broncos do not plan on finding slash suspending Melvin Gordon. However, with Melvin Gordon, um, let me see if I can find where it is here. Uh, the the DUI that he was charged with could end up um, with some NFL discipline, which would jeopardize his $4.5 million guarantee in 2021. So, again, that's something to, something to watch. Um, and for those of you who didn't know, the reason that Melvin Gordon actually missed was actually strep throat. So um, that was the illness that he had where he couldn't play. So it wasn't COVID. Um, didn't have to do with the with the DUI. It was it was strep throat. So that was something they had to keep him out for. So, but Philip Lindsay played very well in his absence. I want to say twenty one carries for a hundred yards. So just under just under four yards a carry, or just under five yards a carry. So a uh, good game from uh, from Philip Lindsay. All right, we are about to get into our Kings and Stings. Uh, portion of this episode, but before we do, I wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about Doctor Squatch Soap. Now, I, if for those of you who have actually been listening to our our podcast, or maybe even gone on to our our website, you see the little the little ticker up here. Whoops, wrong, right up there. The little the little picture. Um, I talk about Doctor Squatch Soap, um, and you know, I, I'm sure you've seen their ads on Facebook. They're absolutely hilarious. Um, and so I, I personally actually love Dr. Squatch. So if I, my two favorite ones, I got, uh, if around July, I got their freedom fresh. It's kind of a citrusy, um, type of a, type of a soap. But the, the one that I really love, um, is the pine tar soap and you're, it's, it'll weird you out when you see it, but it is, um, it is a black bar of soap that actually has like sand and stuff in it to help exfoliate, clean your skin, get all the dead, nasty skin off. Um, but Dr. Squatch, I love the scent. Um, it is really, is really, really solid soap. Um, they really are changing the way that men approach hygiene by providing natural, healthy products uh, that make you feel like a man and smell like a champion. I mean, I feel great when I get out of the shower. Um, all their soaps are made in the U.S. Uh, using the finest ingredients. Uh, and so really a, a great American company. I love everything they do. Solid soap. They don't only they don't just have soap. They also do uh, body washes, um, hair. Uh, they do hair conditioner and shampoo. They also do shaving products, cologne. So definitely a, a brand to check out. Make sure to go to drsquatch.com, and when you check out, make sure to use the promo code SKS20, and you will get twenty percent off of any order over twenty dollars. So again, use the promo code SKS20 at checkout. And you will get 20% off of any order over $20. All right. So now we've gotten that, uh, gotten through that. Let's go ahead and hit up the Kings and Stings for week six. And we're going to start it off with the quarterbacks. Mr. Deshaun Watson starting off 32 points today, 
335 yards passing, four touchdowns and 26 yards on the ground. A big game for Deshaun Watson, who I was very, very happy to see play very well in this game. Number two, Matt Ryan having a big game, 371 yards and four TDs. I believe he also had eight to 12 yards rushing on the ground, which is about what you'd expect rushing out of Matt Ryan at this point in his career. So a big game for him as they came through and and just really put it to the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are terrible. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Vikings going forward, um, especially with the, the coaching. And quarterback number three that a lot of people have been down on uh, – I was higher on this guy than most of the um, most of the expert consensus across across fantasy on on fantasy pros um, than most. I had him ranked ninth, and he finished third with six six quarterbacks left to go. Four quarterbacks left to go. Uh, Mr. Ryan Tanhill, twenty nine point five six points this week, three hundred and sixty four yards passing, four touchdowns. Uh, one interception. I believe he also he also fumbled but didn't lose it. Whoops, hit my microphone there. And then had a two-point conversion as well. So big game from Ryan Tannehill. I think that Ryan Tannehill, he's 68% rostered on Yahoo. If he is available and you are having any quarterback trouble whatsoever, you need to get Ryan Tannehill. Because of the fact that they have a running game and they have a solid offensive line Ryan Tannehill is proving that he is a very very good quarterback that he needs to be used in fantasy football so there there's my my stump speech for Ryan Tannehill moving on to the running backs Mr. Derrick Henry 39.4 points was really aided by a 94 yard rush um and I I talked about this in um in my podcast uh with this um South Florida Tribune and uh, um, with Scott Morganroth, um, the, the guy who runs the South Florida Tribune, uh, we do a, a podcast every Thursday night. And I talked about this in, this, in, in, uh, in the podcast there that if you look at next gen stats, there's a lot of things that are very concerning going into this week about Derrick Henry. He His efficiency is low, which efficiency is how um, how many yards total you run by the time you get the ball to the line of scrimmage. Um, he is also one of the slowest in terms of getting to the line of scrimmage. I think he was like bottom 10% of running backs who have at least 50 carries going into week six. Um you know, bottom 10% in terms of time to get get the, from the time he gets the ball to the line of scrimmage. And part of what makes Derrick Henry such a, a troubling person for defense is the fact that he's just so big. Um, and once he gets going, he is very hard to bring down, which is why he has so many big runs in his career. Um, and, you know, that, you know, he had one today, 94 yards for a touchdown. Finishing off the day, 39.4 points, 212 yards rushing, two touchdowns, two receptions for 52 yards. Again, once he gets in the open field, good luck. Uh, and I think, I think for me, just from what I'm seeing, if they can figure out, if, if the Titans can continue to open up bigger holes for him, 
Derrick Henry is going to go off for the rest of the season. It's just a matter of I think they're just really trying to figure out how to get how to really open lanes up for Derrick Henry, and they definitely figured it out today against Houston's defense. So, number two, Mr. Swift from Detroit uh, had was it twelve carries going into Week 16. Or week six. Week six. We're in week six. 12 carries going into week six and had 14 carries today for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Also had three catches for seven yards. So a big, big day for DeAndre Swift. 25.8 points in, in half-point PPR. And number three, another guy that I was I was a little bit – I was actually kind of middle of the road. I right about with the expert consensus with him this week. Uh, Mr. Ronald Jones, 25.1 points, 113 rushing yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for eight yards. And really looking at the, again, looking at next-gen stats, it was definitely interesting for me to see that he is actually um, one of the better running backs in terms of efficiency, which I talked about about Derrick Henry, um, time to the line of scrimmage, um, yards per carry. I think they were just been in a couple of negative game scripts where it was a little tough for him, but overall... And he's had he's played against a couple of tough rush defenses. Overall, I think that Ronald Jones could be in for a really big season if he if if they can continue to open things up for him like they did today. So, I right, moving on to the wide receivers, Mister Justin Jefferson, thirty five point one points, nine catches, one hundred and sixty six yards, two touchdowns, and a two point conversion. And I was telling people, everyone was worrying about Justin Jefferson. Are is he going to? Is, was those two weeks just a bust because he didn't break out against the Seahawks? Please, again, you had to look at the context of what Justin Jefferson did in that game and why he only had like three or four catches in that game for, was it like 30, 40 yards? The reason, or maybe it was even less than that. I think it was like 20. The reason Justin Jefferson did not do much against the Seahawks was because they were running the ball so well, they didn't need to pass the ball like crazy. So because of that, they utilized him more as a distraction to open up holes for the run game, for Alexander Madison, for Dalvin Cook. So today, when they had no choice but to pass the ball because they got down so far, negative gain script for Alexander Madison, unfortunately, put it all where they had to throw the ball all around the field. And so Justin Jefferson was the beneficiary of that. And, and so looking at matchups, Justin Jefferson is definitely a guy I like with weaker matchups. I think he continue not necessarily, he's not going to continue, you know, 166 yard pace, um, but look for him to be getting close to a hundred yards um, in half point PPR. Look, I, I can see him averaging about, 10 to 12 points a week the rest of the season, which really isn't all that bad. That's six catches for 70 yards is 10 points right there. Six catches for 90 yards is 12 points in half-point PPR. So uh, I think that Jefferson is in for a good rest of the season at this point. Number two, coming off the injury, no practice, but going up against the Minnesota defense, Julio Jones goes for 29.7 points, eight catches, 137 yards, and two touchdowns. Big day for Julio. Good to see him getting back on track. And number three, uh, Will Fuller, six catches, 123 yards, one touchdown, finishes with 
6.3 points on the day. Now, I know that, again, these aren't going to be the final total, you know, one through threes because we have the two uh, Monday Night Football games but and some big teams playing in those games. But, uh, yeah. So, so now, going to the tight ends, and I talked about this. Johnny Smith going out. This opened things up for Anthony Berkser. Yeah, you heard that right. Anthony Berkser. 21.3 points, 8 catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. Big day for him. That would have been Jonu Smith had he not gotten injured. Um, which really stinks because I had Jonu Smith in a couple of DFS lineups. Um, but yeah, big day for him. So the, the tight end gets utilized in this offense. You had Ferkser who went off. Um, A.J. Brown had a big day. Tannehill obviously had a huge day. Uh you know, Derrick Henry, obviously. So this is an offense that's going to score points. So definitely one to uh, to to keep keep pursuing. If you're looking for trade partners, keep pursuing those kind of things. So, all right, moving on. Kittle, number two, twenty point four points, finished seven catches, hundred nine yards, and a touchdown in Sunday Night Football. And number three, again, three of the top four tight ends this week were rostered in 20% or less of leagues. It's just how it goes some some weeks. Trey Burton, uh, one rush for one yard and a touchdown, and then four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. So um, decent day for, for Trey Burton. Uh, good to see him kind of getting some things going as well. So moving on to our stings, the big one as far as the QBs go. Aaron Rodgers, who I had as QB for this week, 5.8 points, 160 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, one of them run back for a pick six. The second one almost run back for a pick six. Um, and the first one, first one is his fault. He just, he was a, he threw it to, it, it was, he threw it to, was it an out route to um, Devontae Adams, uh, basically stared down Devontae Adams the entire route the and the 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 cornerback just cut it off and took it took it to the house the second one went through Devonte adams hands um and right into the hands of the of the defender so that's kind of how it goes sometimes um moving on to the running back stings the best one i could find in terms of in terms of running backs that are rostered in you know 90 percent plus of lineups was uh, Kareem Hunt, 6.7 points, only 40 yards rushing, two catches for 17 yards. Um, I think I had bumped him down a little bit in my, in my rankings comparatively to, to others because I knew the Pittsburgh defense is rough. Um, you know, you look at last week, I moved down Miles Sanders in my rankings. And Miles Sanders had a touchdown run of seven, like 70 yards or something. And other than that, he was outside of that one run, that big run for the touchdown last week against Pittsburgh. He was eight, like nine or 10 carries for like 30 yards and a touchdown, which is an okay game. You know, it's still, still going to put you in the, you know, top, you know, RB2 because you got the touchdown. But, not that top 10, which a lot of people expect him to be in. Uh, and so that the, the Pittsburgh defense is going to be very tough on run games. So, uh, you know, be prepared to not start some running backs 
or to bump them down a little bit and expect a little less out of them when they go up against Pittsburgh defense. So, um, my wide receiver stings: Mike Evans, one point five points, one catch, ten yards, and part of that has to do with the fact that they were utilizing the run so much. the The Green Bay Packers are not good against the run, and so if they ever get in a negative game script where, or if teams get in a positive game script where they get up on the on the uh, on the Green Bay Packers, they can run the ball on the Packers. So um, that's basically what happened to to Mike Evans. Negative game script. They didn't need to pass. They could just run the ball and run out the clock. Cooper Cup, three catches and eleven yards. This one hurt me a bit. Two point six points on. 10, 9 targets, I think it was. It was 9 or 10 targets. 3 catches, 11 yards. One of them was a touchdown that went through his hands. So, rough day for, for Cup. And the other the other big sting, um, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., 2 catches for 25 yards, 3.5 points. Just a, a rough day for for some, some higher-end wide receivers. I somewhat expected this out of Odell Beckham Jr. And I was hesitant. I actually bumped... Evans down a little bit, knowing that he was probably going to be getting shadowed by Jair Alexander. It ended up, Jair Alexander didn't matter. The, the game script for, for the Buccaneers just went run game. But uh, Odell just, again, facing that Pittsburgh defense. Any players you have going against Pittsburgh defense, you need to lower expectations a little bit. All right, and our tight end stings. Again, the only major one because of not that wasn't because of injury. Uh, Mark Andrews, 3.1 points, four catches, 21 yards. Just you, you hope for a lot more out of him. Um, but, you know, Baltimore, again, for the most part, found themselves in a decent game script and, you know, didn't and, and didn't necessarily need to um, throw the ball over the place. They were running somewhat well today. So and uh, Lamar Jackson was at running for was a 37 yard touchdown as well. So decent game for for. Um, everyone else, uh, but you know, rough day for the the one tight end, Mark Andrews. While all the other major tight ends did had a pretty decent day. So, all right, so let's get into these two Monday Night Football games, and just I'll give you a couple thoughts, and then we'll then we'll uh, we'll call it for this episode. Um, here we go. Starting off, the first game is the Chiefs and the Bills, which would have been the Thursday Night Football game, got moved to Monday. Um. Obviously, you're going to start both quarterbacks. That's that's. I mean, I think this could be a big game for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I could see him really either having a huge game, just showing Kansas City that he can, he is the guy. You know, lighting a little bit of a fire under his butt with after the the Le'Veon Bell signing. Um. And then again, it could he could just absolutely fold because of it. I think that he I think he'll put in a decent game. Bills, uh, they're what top thirteen um, in terms of best against the um, running back position. Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I I would love to see him get in the end zone. I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. That's my opinion. Um, both the Chiefs um, and the. Um, well, I mean, the Bills struggle against quarterbacks, struggle against tight ends. Pretty decent to middle the road against running backs, wide receivers. The Chiefs have been pretty decent. They're a top 10, I believe, against 
quarterbacks give up a lot in the run game. Uh, top eight, it looks like, um, against wide receivers. And again, they struggle a little bit against tight ends. So this will be interesting to see how this one plays out. I do think this could get into a bit of a shootout. Um, so, And I know that Buffalo wants to bounce back from from the drubbing they took last week um, against against the Titans. So um, I really, really for me, there's no... There's no guys on here that I'm really downgrading at all. Um, if anything, if I were to pick like a sleeper in this, um, maybe Zach Moss if he can get a couple of uh, a, a couple of red zone looks, um, or Cole Beasley. And for me, Cole Beasley isn't necessarily a sleeper. Um, I've been advocating for Cole Beasley. Um, I you know he is putting up a, a very good season so far. Uh, he's averaging over five targets a game. He's only had w- he's had one game of less than six targets so far. Had at least three catches in every single game. Uh, he's on pace for he's on pace for close to a thousand yards. Only has one touchdown, but in terms of um, full point PPR, especially Cole Beasley is a wide receiver three. I mean, full PPR he is. Wide receiver number twenty-eight on the season going into week six, so he is he is a flex play in full PPR. So if he is available um, in leagues, definitely a guy that you want to that you want to look at for especially for bye weeks. So that's and like I said, he's the one major um, major guy I would look at in terms of uh, possible sleeper. Um, the other one possibly would be Tyler Croft. So if you're playing, especially if you're playing like a, a, a Monday to Thursday DFS or a Monday only DFS since there's two games, uh, you know, Tyler Croft is a guy that I would maybe pl- play a gamble on, kind of a lottery ticket type of play um, for um, for a DFS lineup for a GPP. Um, and again, Cole Beasley, I think, is it would put in solid production. He's one of those guys that he is... Um, very steady for um, for cash games. So, all right, I think that's it for that game. Let's move on. Uh, the second Monday night game, Arizona versus Dallas. Um, I think that again, the the secondary for the um, Cowboys has struggled mightily. We'll see what they can do in this one. They're going to have their hands full with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of out of Larry Fitzgerald. He's just he's not getting the not even getting really the um, the a lot of opportunities. But most of what he runs are the short little routes in, from the slot, anyways. I mean, he does have what well, he's got five, seven, three, three, twenty-five targets through five. So he's averaging five targets a week, but not a whole lot of yards. I mean, one was it week three? Three targets, one reception for no yards. Um, Week four, three targets, two catches for two yards. So um, we'll see what happens with Dallas here in this week. I think that really the the explosiveness is going to come, obviously, from Hopkins, from Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella is another one of those kind of low-end guys that I'd be watching out for in terms of, uh, again, if you want to play um, you know, a Monday night GPP or a Monday, Thursday one. Um, he's a guy that you could put in as a as a 
um, kind of a lottery ticket type guy. And I think we'll really get to find out is is Kenyon Drake really the guy or is it going to be Chase Edmonds? I think if Chase Edmonds really takes over this week, we could see a change at running back for the Cardinals. So, and again, they don't use the tight end. Um, you know, when both their tight ends and half point PPR, or I think even full point PPR, are projected for one and a half and one points, you know they don't use tight ends. Moving on to Dallas, uh, Dalton again. He is definitely I've I've said that he is a streaming option. I think that Ezekiel Elliott should be in for a big week. Um, really for the rest of the season. The the uh, Arizona Cardinals give up the 11th most amount of points to running backs. So while I still think they're they're very good, uh, third against um, against wide receivers. Third best against wide receivers, giving up only 18.1 points. But going up against running backs, I think that should open up enough for um, for the offense, for Andy Dalton to be able to maybe take a couple deep shots to Gallup. Obviously, he'll be hitting the slot with um, with CeeDee Lamb. He really seemed to have a good connection with him. And we'll see what Amari Cooper does. Um, so, again, I like I think Lamb is my favorite for this game. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I may start bumping Cooper down in my rankings just because of the inconsistency. Lamb's been a lot more consistent so far this year, so... But Cooper was getting massive amounts of targets with Dak Prescott. I mean, he and Keenan Allen were back and forth all you know the first five weeks of the season on you know, on who was the number one in targets. So with Dalton gone, it'll be interesting to see how that's affected and who he goes to more. And then tight end Dalton Schultz, um, you know, I think that he could be a solid could be a solid contributor in this game. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have been pretty good against against tight ends. So uh, may not necessarily open things up for him in this one. But uh, down the line, I think he's going to be okay. This could be another shootout. So um, just one to watch for. So hope you guys are ready for the end of week six. Hope you guys get the points that you need to, to win your matches. Uh, and to go into week seven, next week is the halfway point. Week seven is the halfway point for the regular season of NFL. So um, after week seven, seven more weeks, you know, f- for smaller groups, smaller leagues that do, you know, just a two-week playoff, week seven, you know, week seven, and then between week seven and eight is your, your, your midway point. For teams that do a, um, a three-week playoff and only go to week 16, so 14, 15, 16, Week seven is the the middle week, and that's kind of the best, I think, the best spot for me, honestly, to determine do you have a shot at the playoffs or not. So, all right. Hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, we will be back tomorrow night with our waiver Wire episode, and the w- show after that, I think we are going to start doing some sleepers and busts is how we are going to conduct our third um uh, our third podcast for this week. And I want to thank you guys for taking time to listen to the podcast, uh, to uh, you know, take in the, what little knowledge I have to try to give to you guys. I hope my research has helped you out. And um, I also appreciate the fact that this has been a little bit of a weird year for me in terms of the podcast. Uh, you know, In past years, I've had kind of a system laid out and... Um, I've had co-hosts 
for most of the last few years. Last year kind of went back and forth until, you know, just I had to take it over myself due to various other circumstances with co-hosts. So it's it's been it's been a little interesting for me doing this by myself. I hope you guys don't think that I, I hope you find me at least a little bit entertaining. Um, I I know I've said this before about trying to get podcast uh, co-hosts and and guests. I am working on that. So again, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, I hope it's been helpful, and uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to the next couple weeks or the next couple episodes of this week. Um, again, my name is Ryan Scholar. This has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.